Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon. This is our pre-draft podcast where we are going to talk all about uh, potential landing spots, maybe sprinkle a little dynasty in there, um, talk about some best ball ADPs and and just who could be affected uh, in terms of the fantasy landscape with this upcoming draft. Got my dude, Sean Kerner, back with us. What's going on, Sean? How you doing? What's up? Uh, I'm happy to be back. This is like the officially the launch of the 2022 season for me. Yeah, you've been kind of uh, chilling. I know you've been doing some, some behind <laughs> the scenes. I wouldn't say chilling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know what I meant. Chilling on football. Yeah. I know you've been doing some <laughs> working hard, doing some behind the scenes things for, for MLB and NBA. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're right in the thick of the, the playoffs. So um, and we got to hang out and watch some games last week. So that was Yeah, fun. betting on random skee ball. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Props, oh, yeah. You know, things like that. So that part I'm chilling. Uh, hopefully we could do more of that this weekend. But yeah, other than that, I've been grinding everything other than NFL. But I love the draft because right when the draft ends, that's when I start cranking out my initial uh, projections and rankings. So can't wait for that to, to happen next week. Yeah, exactly. This is like this is like the last episode for the hardcore uh, listeners. You know, you know, can't really do much actionable. We can, but on yeah. the draft, you know, we have some. We have our, our draft podcast out with Scott Smith. We have the favorites out. Um, mm-hmm. Stucky and I have win total pod out. But like this is like I would say the last real hardcore one. And then after the draft, we start getting more actionable information. But we still got some some good nuggets for you on this one in yep. terms of um, you know how these guys are, are going to kind of perform in a rookie year based on where they're drafted and, and, and things like that. So uh, let's get right into it. Let's start with quarterbacks. Um, I'll just start with. Um, you know, using looking at the sports books odds uh, of teams that are likely to draft a quarterback first. Um, you know, there are, are three teams that the their first position draft odds are quarterback in, in the top spot with the shortest odds. That's Carolina at even money, Pittsburgh at plus one twenty five, and New Orleans at plus one fifty. You also have Seattle. Atlanta and Detroit, who are, who are, you know, in the top six, uh, plus 225 for Seattle, four to one for Atlanta, five to one for Detroit. And then, of course, Sean, you know, the top two quarterbacks on the board, Malik Willis out of Liberty, Kenny Pickett out of Pitt. Um, the eight, their ADPs in best ball right now, Willis 24, Pickett 31. Uh, what are your just general thoughts on this quarterback class and, and who's, who's going to uh, pony up and, and take that, that first quarterback off the board? 
Yeah, so overall, this is not a great draft class. Um, we were kind of spoiled the past two drafts knowing who was going number one. So there, there's no Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow uh, this year. But we have two guys uh, that will probably be drafted to start this year. Um, and that's, you know, Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett. Uh, you know, the Panthers are the most likely team to draft a quarterback first. So that would be an interesting um, predicament because they have Sam Darnold, but you know, whoever they draft will probably take over sooner than later this season. So that's going to be really good for their fantasy value. Um, I, I think the Steelers are interesting. You know, they have Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph right now. So whoever, if they draft a quarterback um, would have a chance to start this year. And th that's a better fit. You know, they have, um, you know, Chase Claypool, uh, Dante Johnson, Pat Firemuth. So that's a good landing spot. So, you know, the landing spot's going to be key, but overall, I think Malik Willis is going to be the guy to draft in fantasy just because of his um, rushing ability. Um, you know, he has a cannon for an arm, so he, he could be like a Josh Allen type. Like, that's his ceiling. Uh, so he's going to have to go somewhere that can coach him up, develop him. But early on, he, he could be more of like a Jalen Hurts where he just leans on his legs a ton. Um, if Tr Trey Lance played more last year, probably like a Trey Lance type. So he's going to be really good for fantasy, potentially pushing QB one value um, if he hits. Uh, so he's probably the most intriguing option. Whereas Kenny Pickett, um, he might get drafted by the Panthers. So that he'd be more likely to start games. So that gives him some value. And, you know, super flex formats is like a low end QB two, just because he'll probably start over eight games. So those are the two guys that I'm, you know, having an eye on. And then we have this tier two with four or five other quarterbacks who probably would need an injury. They're probably going to be drafted as a backup. So their landing spots is going to be key and they might need some other luck to kind of start games this year. But uh, that's kind of how I'm viewing this class overall. Yeah, I think Carolina is really a team to watch. You know, they're top. Uh, they're the shortest odds for both Willis at plus mm -hmm. 250 and Pickett at plus 150. But I just like the kind of what you're getting if you're going to Carolina as a quarterback from a fantasy perspective, whether it's Pickett or Willis, I like Willis a lot better just because like you said, he, I think he has that higher rushing upside. Um, but think about Carolina. It's like, you're playing in that division that got a lot weaker. Uh, you know, Atlanta is going to be bad. New Orleans could be bad. Who knows? And, and Tampa <laughs> Bay might not even be as good as they were in the past. I mean, they're dealing with injuries. They're, you know, Brady's a year older. I mean, it's, you know, new coach, a lot of, a lot of things going on with Tampa Bay and you're still throwing a Christian McCaffrey yep. uh, like 150 times a year. If he stays healthy, you're still throwing a DJ Moore. Um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's intriguing. And then you're going to be able to just run around when you're not doing that. And they kind of like the Eagles, we mentioned with Hertz, the Eagles were going super run heavy for the second mm -hmm. half of the year. And we saw Carolina kind of do that down the stretch. And that seemed to be what Matt rule wanted to do with that team. So I think it's intriguing. Um, you know, if you go there, especially if you're Malik Willis, uh, it looks like Pickett is more likely, but I would, I would like to see Malik Willis go to Carolina. I think either way, I think QB 24, wherever Willis goes is too low because I think it's like, if Carolina doesn't take him, then I feel like the team who does take him is going to want to start him. Like, I don't think you, whoever then goes and takes that next court, like, you know, he's going to be the next one off the board. I don't think they're going to do it to like sit him. Yeah. So, I mean, cause the other teams on the list, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Atlanta, Seattle, really Detroit's the only one that they could sit him for a year. I think Atlanta, Seattle, he would play right away. I think Pittsburgh, he'd probably play right away too, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I think Willis at, at QB 24, 
um, is too low. I think is, would you say Willis or Pickett in Dynasty um, is the top um, overall quarterback? Ooh, that's a tough question because Willis, you know, he might be like Jalen Hurts where every year is on borrowed time. Like I, I can't say he's going to be a starter three years from now. I think Pickett is more likely to be, but just Willis has so much upside. I would still go with Willis. But again, this class isn't very good. We can't say any one of these guys is a franchise quarterback who we can bank on starting in three years from now. So um, I would just have to go with the upside and still say Willis, whereas Pickett might have the slightly higher floor. Um, but again, whoever, if the Panthers draft one of these guys six, you know, they're going to be committed to him. So that's, that's going to boost um, either one of their value. Or again, like I said, if they go to Pittsburgh, like you said, they're going to want to start them right away. So um, either Carolina or Pittsburgh, um, you know, I'm going to like both of these guys, but if one of these fall past there, go somewhere else, then, then it's going to shake things up. Yeah. Yeah. I go Willis all the way. I just think he has a lot of upside. I mean, you know, go back and watch some of him play and then watch Pickett. I mean, Pickett could be one of those guys in like, you know, four years, we're just talking about like, is he a franchise quarterback or, you know what I mean? It's like kind of like in that Baker Mayfield ter- territory, yeah. whereas yep. it's like going downhill fast. So, and, you know, obviously you could be wrong, but um, yeah, Willis just jumps out. Uh, what about any thoughts on Sam Howell? I know, you know, he's kind of got some rushing upside too. There are the, the DraftKings over under for quarterbacks in the first round is four and a half. So there could be a run on quarterbacks. I mean, Ritter's another one, but I don't know. Howell's a little bit interesting. He's even money to go in round one. Uh, he could go to like one of these, you know, teams that if, if it's not Carolina or Pittsburgh um, and, and potentially rush for a lot of yards if he ended up starting. Yeah, yeah, he has that rushing upside, which we love for rookie quarterbacks. He also has a big arm. So if he goes to a team with above average downfield threats, that's going to be massive for him. But at really this tier two with, you know, Ritter, uh, Corral, Howell, Strong, any one of these guys can get drafted ahead of the other. So it's really just about landing spot, draft capital. So whichever one of these guys goes first, I'll be interested in. But yeah, it's it's pretty close between these four. But Howell obviously has the bigger fancy upside just because of his, his rushing ability and his big arm. Yeah. It would be, it would be kind of interesting to see him in Seattle. Cause it's like, he could just still be like in a, in a run heavy offense and, and, but he could be running and then he could just use his arm to throw it to DK and, and lock it. Yeah. yeah and lock it. So I, I would kind of like to see him in Seattle. And fan, yeah. They, they yeah, have a good no fan, core yeah. of pass catchers in Seattle right now. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's move on to, the kind of bread and butter here uh, when we talk about rookies and that's, that's running back because uh, especially if you're drafted highly at the running back position and they tend to use you right away. And to put some numbers to that over the past 10 seasons, running backs drafted in round one, 17.7 touches per game, 258 touches per season and 11 of the 14 have averaged 10 or more PPR points per game. Round two, you're still at, 12.1 touches per game, 157 touches per season, and over half of them average double-digit PPR points. And even in round three, you're, you're just below double-digit touches at 9.7 per game, um, and uh, and you still have about a, a you know one in three chance of averaging double-digit PPR points. So um, you know running back when you when a team does draft one, they're usually drafted right away. And if you look at the the odds, because um, uh, books have odds for each team and what they're going to do first. Um, and you, you can kind of get a sense of the team needs. It's, it's not always perfect because it's just, you know, first pick. But Buffalo is the only team um, with a running back, you know, odds to be drafted first in the top two slots. Um, and it's a plus 350. Most teams are at plus 2,000 or plus 10,000. 
So Buffalo and then Miami, um, it's plus 750. So it's still a long shot to draft one first. But, you know, books seem to think they're going to probably draft one at some point, which is interesting because they already got Edmonds, uh, Mostert. I think Gaskin's still on the roster as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, there's already a a log jam there. But, I mean, um, you know, we're going to kind of talk some best fits for these guys. But I I think that's interesting. And what are your thoughts on kind of just Buffalo, you know, in the market for running back? Because we love Devin Singletary uh, down the stretch last year. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that's a great landing spot. It's a good offense, but they already have Singletary, who I thought was really good at the end of the season. If anything, it's an indictment on Zach Moss. Uh, I think whoever <laughs> they get could be, you know, Zach Moss type of replacement. So one of these bigger backs later on, but they, the Bills don't have that many holes. So it makes sense for them to finally just spend up uh, at running back. So that'd be an interesting landing spot. I don't know if it'd be really good for a guy like Brees Hall or, you know, Kenneth Walker, but um, obviously it's a good offense. And yeah, the Dolphins is interesting too. They already have a few guys there. Um, so landing spots, everything. Um, yeah. And this year we, we probably don't have a first round running back. And maybe that's due to, you know, the league getting smarter, um, just knowing that running backs are replaceable. Um, so, you know, we have this tier one of Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, and that's pretty wide open after that. So all these guys bring different traits and skills and have certain weaknesses. So it, it really depends on what team they go to. And also, um, you know, whatever team they go to, it's going to impact the running backs already on the roster. So we have to look out for that. Uh, you know, I remember Travis Etienne last year going to Jacksonville. That was kind of a surprise. Um, and that, that was a serious hit to James Robinson's stock until Etienne obviously got hurt. So that's that's another thing to monitor. Some of these, like, pass catching backs later in the draft. If they go to a team with a third down back uh, already locked up, it could be a threat to that player. So there's just a lot of moving parts. Um, But yeah, Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker are probably the two best bets um, this year. So interested to see where they go. And uh, I mean, I I kind of have them tied right now in terms of fantasy projections. Do you, are you leaning towards either one of these backs right now? Uh, This is my completely uh opinion just from like watching these yeah. guys play and, and most of it is like watching highlights from after the season because i don't get to watch a lot of college right. football during the season because obviously we're doing this but i really like Brees hall i think you know like yeah. i just something about the way he runs and you know he did run a what was it a 439 i know walker ran a 438 but Brees hall is bigger you know he's 511 217 walker is about 59 211 um you know he ran he ran a fast 40 uh, he's had 590 touches over the past two years, so he can likely be a bell cow wherever he goes. Um, you know, I, I think, bo- like, Brees Hall is probably, like, almost like the Najee and, and Kenneth Walker's, like, the ETN, where it's like, I feel like Kenneth Walker, you're not necessarily drafting him to be, like, a 20 touchback, whereas Brees Hall, they you might. So, I, but I also just like, I think his skills are better. I, I, I really like him um, watching. Not that, like, Walker's really good, too, but... Uh, I think it's a clear top two, but I, I personally uh, am fond of of Hall. Yeah, he, he gives me some like Cream Hunt vibes. Um, and he's the type of back because, you know, Cream Hunt, he doesn't need a massive workload to put up RB2 value. Like I remember Javante Williams last year was amazing, uh, you know, splitting touches with Melvin Gordon. So Hall kind of reminds me of that where he won't need that many touches to post value. So if he ends up in the right spot, um, he definitely has high end RB2 upside. Whereas Kenneth Walker, um, you know, he's not a great pass catching back. Uh, he definitely needs work on his pass protection. So he kind of needs to land in the right spot. Uh, a team that kind of needs 
uh, early down back. Like I'm thinking like the Falcons, maybe they need a Mike Davis kind of replacement or Houston or maybe Miami. Uh, but I think Walker would need like a, a certain fit. Whereas wherever Brees Hall goes, um, he could take yeah. over the starting role right away. So that's, a, I see the difference between the two where Kenneth Walker, he probably depends on the landing spot more than Brees Hall. So that, that, that'll be an interesting thing to watch. Yeah. And maybe I shouldn't have compared him to ETN because it, right. ETN is a great pass catcher and Walker is not. I want to make that clear. Yeah. I just meant in terms of like the workloads, whereas Harris last year was like, we knew he was going to be that bell cow and ETN, you knew he was going to be more of a compliment. Um, it's just that Walker would have to be a different kind of compliment, 18 career catches. Uh, you mentioned the pass protection issues, but uh, interestingly enough, uh, Hall is plus 145 to go in round one. So to your point, no running backs likely to go in round one, uh, but Walker's plus 300. So Walker about a 25% chance, whereas Hall uh, closer to a 40% chance, uh, according to the Vegas odds. So um, Hall is kind of that favorite for that number one uh, running back slot, 590 touches over the past two years. Uh, so, you know, I think, you know, that would be uh, interesting if he went to Buffalo because as good as Singletary was, you know, Hall could probably also kind of get that Singletary role at some point. Cause Singletary, it's yeah. like, they've never committed to him for like more than a half season in Buffalo. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like either at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year, they seem to figure out that they need to commit to him, but they've never done it over a full year. Now, you know, the, you know, somebody who's making these lines seems to think that Buffalo is in the market for a running back early on. So, um, you know, Singletary is probably also, good to kind of not overdraft him if you're, you know, drafting yeah. early best ball and whatnot, uh, especially leading up to the draft until we know what's going on there. Um, Hall is an RB22 on underdog right now, by the way, and uh, Walker's the RB30, so you're not really getting any discount um, <laughs> as far as like, oh, these guys have upside. Like, they're already kind of being drafted where you would expect, given what their draft pedigree is going to be. Yeah, I think, you know, if if Hall ends up in Buffalo, um, he would be a very valuable like handcuff, like a Javante Williams last year. Or remember when Jonathan Taylor was drafted, you know, we thought he was going to compete with Marlon Mack, Naheem Hines. <laughs> so if, like if Brees Hall goes somewhere like that, his draft value might plummet a bit, but he still has that upside. So, uh, yeah, landing on the Bills would be interesting for fantasy because I'd still value him. But his yeah. his ADP might drop to like 30 just because. Singletary would be the lead back at least to start. But like you said, the, the Bills, they, they've been kind of tricky with running backs and fantasy. So I, I would kind of like that um, if Brees Hall goes there. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't know if it's tricky. It's just that Zach Moss was supposed to be good and he just wasn't. Well, also, that... also, Josh Allen's their best running, running back. back. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. that complicates things. All right. Uh, so then we got all these other guys. And to me, it's, <laughs> it, it's kind of hard for me to differentiate. Yeah. between them at this point. I mean, they have different skill sets, so I, I guess that's a, a a place to start. But, I mean, you talk about guys like Isaiah Spiller, James Cook, Zamir White, Brian Robinson, uh, Tyra Algier, Kyron Williams, Rashad White. Um, there's a few others. I, I'm not even going to name all of them because there's, there's like 12 or 13 of them. But, um, you know, any anybody stick out to you as – um, maybe somebody that 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 could kind of climb the board here. They're all going uh, on underdog. Isaiah Spiller is actually the next one at, at running back 34. Then Williams at 41, Rashad White at 46, Robinson 53, and Algier at 55. Um, any any of those backs kind of catch your eye, or you know, if, would they catch your eye if they went to a, a certain uh, team? Yeah, I think Spiller is a guy I'm uh, kind of keeping an eye on because uh, he had a really bad combine. His his Drafts got his draft stock probably took a hit 
but he has the potential to be a three down workhorse back. Yep. So we'll be like, if an NFL team decides to spend a second or third round pick on him, um, that means that they're comfortable, you know, with his combine and everything. And they, they think that he can be good. So uh, his draft stock will be everything. Same thing with landing spots. So Spiller's probably the guy with the most potential in this tier, but certainly, you know, he has a low floor because there, there are some concerns there. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that um, are, are going to be like good pass catching backs right out of the gate, like Kyron Williams, James Cook, um, certainly, and maybe Tyler Batty further down the list. So again, I, I don't know if these guys will be guys I'm drafting this year, but if they go to a team that we already think has an established third down back, you know, that's going to impact them a lot. Cause these guys are, you know, like a James white, Naheem Hines type of role. So um, be interested to see where those guys go to, like, you know, if the Steelers draft a guy like this, maybe it means that they're going to kind of limit Najee Harris on passing downs or something like that. I'm not saying that the Steelers are going to draft one of these guys, but just these are kind of guys that are, they're going to impact the starting running back that is there right now. Um, and then you have these bigger backs like a uh, Brian Robinson or Tyler Algier um, where it, it's all about landing spot for them. They're, they're the kind of guys, they're just two down grinders. So if they go to a team like the chargers, maybe um, who, you know, Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree just haven't been cutting it. Uh, they just let go of Justin Jackson. So um, they could have a role in that offense right out of the gate. Cause you know, they try to spell Austin Eckler a bit. Um, or even the Eagles looking for a Jordan Howard type replacement. Uh, but those guys, it, it definitely depends on landing spot because they, they kind of have a limited role. Um, but all of these guys, like you said, it's a massive tier. I think there's like nine, 10 running backs I have in this tier too. It all depends on landing spot uh, for where their ultimate fancy value is going to be, in my opinion. Yeah, because uh, again, you know, it's, 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 and it's not just landing spot, it's landing spot in, in how early they're taken because. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just been round in it in and of itself has just been so predictive of usage and of, you know, production. You know, it's kind of we know running backs, there's not a lot of wiggle room when it comes to efficiency. Um, you know, most guys are going to project right around four yards to carry a little more. So, you know, it, it's just about that drop off round around around. So whoever sneaks into round, you know, two or, you know, three. Uh, those are the guys you're going to want to target um, you know, because those are the teams that are going to kind of let you know, hey, we're looking to to, to kind of diversify. Unless, it, so. unless it's the 49ers drafting. <laughs> then you can throw draft capital out the window because it doesn't matter, uh, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we have, I mean they, hey, they might need a running back to replace Devo Samuel, so. Oh, man, too <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, you know, I think Tampa Bay would be a good uh, spot for a guy like Spiller, um, you know, he's a gap scheme guy. They, they, they run a gap scheme. You know, he's patient. I think, you know, he would still be the backup to Fournette, obviously, yeah. but um, I think down the line, you know, maybe dynasty, something like that. Uh, I think, you know, I, I think he would get a shot and maybe Robinson. I, I think I would like to see a guy like him, maybe go to Buffalo. Right. So then Singletary could mm. still be the lead back Robinson. You know, a lot of people think he's a top short yardage back in the class, six, two, two, twenty five, uh, four, five, forty. So um, yeah, yeah he would be the Zach Moss replacement. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's jump to another fun one wide receiver. And this is another position where, first of all, it's probably the most important fantasy position at this point. Um, but it's also another one where, where you get drafted in terms of not just the landing spot, but the round plays a big factor. Um, so round one wide receivers over the last 10 years, 6.1 targets per game, uh, 43% have, 
average double digit PPR points as a rookie. Uh, when you go to round two, now you're down to 4.4 targets per game uh, and just 28% have averaged double digit PPR points over the last decade. When you go down to round three, now you're just under three targets a game and only 16% are averaging double digit PPR points. And then in, in day three, rounds four through seven, you're at about two targets per game uh, and 4%. So you're under 5% in terms of the, the double digit PPR production. So it's just, you have to get really lucky with, you know, kind of matching a, a undervalued talent with a, an opening in terms of a lot of targets and routes to be run. So I think, you know, the, that those, these guys are going round one and there could be, you know, five to six, mm-hmm. should be at least four, uh, five, uh, could even be six uh, in round one. So, you know, let's, let's talk about kind of this, this top tier uh, of players. It's, uh, you know, Jamison Williams out of Alabama, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, Chris Olave from Ohio State, Drake London from USC, and then uh, Garrett Wilson uh, might be the most intriguing uh, from Ohio State. Uh, his over-under for pick, him and London uh, are both at, at 10.5 in terms of the the uh, draft spot over-under. So I guess let's start with them. Uh, where, do you think, uh, where do you think those guys end up going and, and, and who would be the best fit? Yeah, so I think, you know, Garrett Wilson, it looks like he's likely to go to the Falcons. I haven't seen odds on it, but, you know, he certainly has the highest floor um, in in this, you know, top tier, I think. Uh, And Dane Brugler at the Athletic compares him to C.D. Lamb, and I can kind of see that. And, you know, I love C.D. Lamb, so I think it's also a good fit. Um, You know, if Garrett Wilson goes to the Falcons, it would kind of remind me of Amon Ross St. Brown going to the lions last year. I mean, it was a wide open wide receiver room. Um, they have a good pass catching back in Cordell Patterson, DeAndre Swift in Detroit, a uh, great tight end, Kyle Pitts in Atlanta, TJ Hawkinson um, in Detroit. And then he kind of like a mediocre quarterback, a transition quarterback. So Garrett Wilson, he, he could, you know, see eight plus targets a game. That's all we're looking for uh, from a rookie. So he's, he's definitely exciting. I think if he ends up in Atlanta, uh, that means he got drafted very early and they intend to use him as the number one right receiver. Um, so I think, you know, Garrett Wilson's a guy I'm very interested in heading into 2022. And then Drake Lennon, um, it, it seems likely that he's going to go to the Jets. Uh, so that's that's very good news for Zach Wilson. He, he could have Drake Lennon, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis. Uh, it, it's hard to complain about that trio. Uh, but Drake Lennon has a, a ton of people comparing to Mike Evans. I could see that. He's a big body receiver, not fast by any means, but could be a, you know, a deep threat, a red zone kind of guy. Um, and those are traits that we look for in fancy. So he could have touchdown production. Uh, but in the end, he's going to need Zach Wilson improving year two or else it could be very tough for London. But again, he could make things easier for Wilson. So those are certainly the top two guys. Uh, but this is a very deep wide receiver class. So any one of these guys in the top tier um, could, could have a good landing spot and, you know, push wide receiver two value this year. Yeah. I think Wilson to the Falcons that that's a, like you said, that's a, that sticks out to me as a great fit. I mean, he's like a Z slot slot guy. Um, a lot of people think he's the best separator in the class. Yes. He needs to get a little bit stronger, but ran at four, three, eight at, at six feet, one eighty three. the Falcons have all of the targets, you know, up for grabs, like London to the jets. I mean, Yes, the Jets aren't like, you know, they'll probably be better at tight end this year um, than they were last mm-hmm. year. But Moore and Corey Davis are no slouches. So I just worry yeah. that London doesn't have that same year one target upside unless he's just 
Mike Evans. You know what I mean? Right off the bat. And even so (laughs) it's like, I feel like receivers like London like that, like, it, I don't know. It just doesn't seem as likely for them to have these like monster year ones as a guy, as like a separator, quicker guy. So, I, you know, I, I would not, like, it's a good fit for the Jets to get Drake London, but in fantasy, uh, wouldn't be my favorite. Like, I think whoever goes to the Falcons, like, that's the optimal landings, yeah. wide receiver landings. But like, like, they're the Lions of this year, like, like kind of like you said, like, it's just wide open. Uh, they didn't do anything in free agency, really you know, to, to kind of shore that up. So they got to start young guys from the jump and they still will have another player in Kyle Pitts who can be the defense's number one priority, mm-hmm. at least for now. So like the Falcons are just a perfect landing spot. Like whatever wide receiver you see, go to the Falcons, <laughs> like draft yeah. him. <laughs> that's my, well, that's my advice. There are uh, two really good landing spots later on. Um, you know, both Aaron Rodgers and yes. Patrick Holmes just lost their top wide receiver. So I'm very interested to see who or where, like, um, you know, Traylon Burks mm-hmm. going to Green Bay or Jameis Williams going to Kansas City would be very intriguing. Uh, now, Jameis Williams, he tore his ACL yep. very late in this, you know, in the playoffs. So I don't know when he'll be able to play. So he's sort of a longer term investment. But if he goes to the Chiefs, you know, like he would be the Tyree Kill kind of replacement. So he probably has the highest upside uh, of the rest of this top tier. And, you know, what do you think about Traylon Burks? Cause he has, you know, Debo Samuel upside. Um, but there, there are some concerns with him, but um, you know, wh- where do you think about Traylon Burks right now? Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's, you know, I, when I, when I look at him, just like where he's kind of projected to go, I, I feel like green Bay makes some sense for, mm-hmm. for him, you know, like, he, his over under is 23.5. Um, he is minus 650 to go in round one. So it's essentially, it, he's projected to go on the back half of round one, but definitely in the back half of round one. Yeah. Um, you know, 6'2, what is it, about 220, 225, 40 was about a 4.55. So he's a size, you know, size somewhat speed guy. Um, you know, not a great necessarily route runner yet, but. Um, you know, I think a, a team like New Orleans or, or Green Bay, I, I think, um, would be in the market for him. Uh, but I think he ends up going to Green Bay, um, yeah. maybe Kansas City. I mean, it depends. Like, do they want what does Kansas City want now? Because they do have players like on the roster that they can start at different spots. Like Hardman, Hardman, a lot of people thought could be kind of like that Tyreek Hill role. They have MVS to be like a deep threat. Yeah, yeah, Juju is like the underneath guy. You still have Kelsey. So I feel like Kansas City's a little bit more wide open in terms of the type of player that they could uh, draft at wide receiver. But also Kansas City just has a lot more competition for targets. Doesn't seem like it, but they did just give MVS a contract. They gave yeah. Juju a contract. They got Kelsey's getting 100, you know, 40, 50 odd targets if he stays healthy. So I like Green Bay is really what I'm, I would hope that Burks goes or, or really any of these wide receivers on the back end. I think Alave to the saints is probably the one mm-hmm. everyone's been talking about. I like, I like that for the saints actually, because yeah. Michael Thomas is going to be that number one, but like the number two in the saints, if he's good and he's a you know good separator route runner, which Alave is, he could like, it could be like a, a very concentrated, like one, two punch in yep. new Orleans. Uh, and you know, they probably passed more than they did last year. I mean, last year they just completely hid the quarterback. Um, which is, you know, it's just like we regress to the mean, like I know Winston's back and 
but uh, yeah, no, no Taysom, so you probably throw it more regardless. Yeah, that'll that'll help. Winston being healthy all season would help a, a guy like Olave. Um, I think that he he would kind of replace sort of the Manny Sanders role, right? Where you have like Michael Thomas and Manny Sanders. Yeah. Um, because yeah, their depth chart last year, especially if Mike Thomas hurt all of last year. Uh, excuse me, Michael Thomas. Michael, yeah, you don't want to not not the special team in Cincinnati. <laughs> but yeah, guys like Callaway, Traycon Smith, Deontay Harris, like they would get pushed down the pecking order. So yeah, Olave to the Saints, I think is the most likely thing right now. And I think that'd be a good fit for him. There are uh I over a half dozen teams that um, at DraftKings, they are their odds to draft a position first wide receiver uh, is that, you know, position with the shortest odds, Green Bay at minus 165, Atlanta plus 110, Kansas City plus 120, uh, Washington plus 125, San Francisco, interesting, plus 185, uh, Philly. Arizona and uh, Philly and Arizona at plus 225 and then Chicago at plus 250 Cleveland and India are also at plus 250, but wide receiver is the second most likely, um, you know, position in terms of the odds. Um, so uh, there are a lot of, you know, there could be a big run on wide receivers. And again, you know, the, the over under is five and a half, you know, there's five that are probably definitely going. Uh, and then, you know, but whoever, you know, that sixth guy, whether it's sky Moore, John Dotson, uh, or or uh, Pickens, whoever it might be, uh, Christian Watson, Jalen Tolbert, whoever's kind of if if one of those players sneaks into round one, that that would be worth a lot in in terms of fantasy because that again you know round one picks six point one targets a game, forty three percent double digit PPR rate in year one, uh, and then you drop to four point four and twenty eight percent in round two. So just it, whoever sneaks into the you know those last few picks around one if it does happen i think would be major who do you like in that in that second tier amongst you know more and pickens and dots and, and those guys yeah so there's there's a lot of um like slot type guys so i think that the one guy that probably has the most upside is uh pickens um and you know the concern with him is he's recovering from an acl tear last year he didn't return until like uh the last game. final four i think he had like three games but uh, he barely I thought, yeah, played I thought it was one but yeah, he okay. barely he had like one catch in the last three games. Um, so we don't know, you know, how he developed or if he's, I'm, you know, at this point in time, ACL tears aren't career threatening or anything like that. So we just didn't get to see where he was in his development, I should say last year. So I think if, if an NFL team takes him in the first round, like it it means that they're confident in their evaluation. So that's going to boost his, um, you know, projection, my model. So I think Pickens has the highest upside, you know, he could be like a Kenny Galladay, type when he was good on the Lions, you know, a, a good contested catch downfield kind of guy. So um, the landing spot and draft capital is going to be huge with Pickens and same goes like he's way further down on the draft board, but Justin Ross is a little bit similar where, you know, he had sort of a career threatening spinal injury um, after a breakout freshman season. So we don't know where he is in his development. Um, so, you know, if a team takes a chance on him early on, like that's going to be uh, worth monitoring, but, He's a guy not to sleep on just because he does have a uh, pretty high upside, but he might get drafted a little bit later. Uh, but again, the second tier, it all comes down to landing spot. I mean, uh, these slot guys like Sky Moore or Dotson, um, you know, just look at last year where Rondell Moore and Amal Run State Brown um, went to two different, you know, situations and look, look how that turned out. So um, these guys will probably need, you know, kind of like available targets. 
um, to, to hit the ground running as a rookie because I, I don't think they're going to win with, you know, touchdowns and that, that kind of thing. So they're going to need that volume. So landing spots going to be crucial for those types of guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. And Pickens, yeah, he came back for the rest of the regular season game, but then he, yeah, they, they had three more games um, yeah. in the postseason. But he barely played in those games. Yeah. Like, he, he got he five much. catches across yeah. those games. Um, yeah. Sky Moore is interesting. I, I, I kind of like, you know, like his skill set, but um, like you said, it's going to, you know, kind of matter where he goes. You know, Green Bay, a lot of people think they're going to draft a couple of wide receivers early. Um, but the thing is, I don't know. Rodgers was at the game with, uh, he was at the Bucks game with Randall Cobb. So I think they're they're still yeah. they're still planning on starting starting Cobb out there in the slot. So and they still have uh, what's his name? Mark Rogers is but I, a I good backup. So yeah, I I just can't see yeah. them drafting another slot guy after yeah. that. And then Kansas City's kind of the same thing. It's like I mean Juju would you would think would be in the plans in the slot. So I don't you know it, it's it's tough to kind of peg where these guys end up. Atlanta, I mean Atlanta probably. They could draft three receivers and start all three at this point. So yeah, they I, probably I, should. <laughs> right. It's just, it's just that who's the quarterback going to be. That's, that's really the, the question mark. But yeah. uh, I think whoever goes to Atlanta, whoever goes in that in, in a second round and whoever sneaks into the first really want to monitor uh, those guys. But uh, that, that top five of uh, Burks, Wilson, London, Olave, and Williams. That's that's kind of those are your, going to be your, your best bets in terms of year one production in yep. uh, fantasy. Tight end, tight end's pretty quick. I mean, <laughs> there's one guy I think we should talk about, and it's Trey McBride, uh, and he probably won't even go in round one. Um, you know, round may not even go in round two. Uh, Denver looks like the like a lot of people have a mock to Denver, uh, so that's not good for our guy Alberto. Uh, maybe Denver continues to. You know, incorporate the, the two tight end sets uh, at a higher rate than we think. Um, but they are, you know, no team is really likely to, to draft a tight end first or, or even second, but Denver is the, the top odds uh, at nine to one. Uh, so you can just kind of extrapolate that to mean they're, you know, they're most likely to draft a tight end at some point early. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay, 10 to one. And, and then Chicago at 15 to one, Cleveland at eight to one, uh, 18 to one, Cincinnati and, and the Colts at 25 to one. So, uh, I mean, Tampa Bay is very intriguing for Trey McBride, all around guy uh, at a CSU, got star boy Peter Jennings. <laughs> yep. um, but I mean, Tampa Bay would be pretty intriguing, probably more so than Denver, just because in Denver, it'd be an, just another committee, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, overall, this is a pretty deep class. Um, there, there's no Kyle Pitts, obviously. Um, and tight ends for fancy, you know, it usually takes two or three years for them to even break out. So, we're really not targeting. Um, rookies uh, in fantasy, but I think if McBride were to go to Tampa Bay, then I would be all in because if like, let's say Rob, uh, if Gronk doesn't come back this year, they just got rid of OJ Howard. He would be competing with Cam Brate. Yeah. Um, so, and Tom Brady's coming back. So I think that'd be very appealing if, if Gronk retires or stays retired um, and McBride goes to Tampa Bay, that's going to be, you know, a, the perfect storm where he could push, you know, high end tight end two value. Other than that, um, especially after him, it all comes down to landing spot. Like you said, there, there are some rooms like um, Denver. There's certainly room for, you know, tight end two there. Chicago, I don't know if that'd be a good landing spot there. You have Cole Komet, you know, some guy replaced the Jimmy Graham role, the occasional touchdown uh, to Vulture Komet. Uh, but, you know, teams like um, Cleveland, Cincy, Indy, I, I don't know if there's room uh, for a rookie to really hit the ground running there. 
Um, so I'll just be looking for whoever the Broncos or Bucks draft. That's who I'm going to be interested in. Yeah. And just to put some numbers on why we probably don't have to worry about this, uh, especially in redraft round one tight ends over the past 10 years, there's only been nine of them, but they've averaged four and a half targets per game. Uh, only 22% of them have averaged double digit PPR points. Uh, when you drop to, and, and again, there, there's almost certainly going to be no tight end taken in round one this year. Yeah. Round two, which probably best case scenario for a guy like McBride. Uh, over the last 10 seasons, there's been 16 of them drafted tight ends in round two, 2.8 targets per game. None of them have averaged double digit PPR <laughs> points. And then round three, so another, you know, also in day two, now you're down to two targets per game. The Jordan Reed uh, was the one exception there to, to get to uh, double digit PPR points. So you're talking about in day, on day two, one of 41 have given you double digit PPR points and you're averaging about, you know, two and a half targets, two, two to three targets per game. And that's, you know, that's like, like, it's just a tough position in, in year one. Yeah. Kyle Pitts is such the exception. And even he, you know, it was kind of uneven because he didn't score touchdowns. I, and yeah, I was going to say Kyle Pitts, literally God's gift to tight ends. Um, you know, he had a really good rookie season. Let's not deny it. He had over a thousand yards receiving, but yeah, yeah he only scored one touchdown. So even he has some growing pains and certainly, you know, I expect a, a big jump in touchdowns this year, but it just goes to show that uh, rookie tight ends are very hard to trust. They have to be in like the, the perfect situation to hit as a rookie. And uh, I guess we close it with this stat. Trey McBride last year at CSU, 37% of the yardage, uh, 91 catches, 1,125 yards. Guess how many touchdowns? Uh, the same as Kyle Pitts, right? Yep. One. So <laughs> just uh, not, not a fun tight end class. He's going as tight end 20 in, in, uh, at underdog right now in pre-draft best ball. Uh, probably, a, probably a best case scenario. And in, unless in yeah. he goes to like, I would say even the Bucs. Because even if he's on the Broncos, he could still play behind, like as the number two to Alberto in year one. So I, I would say the, the Bucs are really that team where if, if Gronk retires, McBride perhaps, you know, he could step in right away yep. and, and, you know, he's getting passed from Brady. So. That's the, yeah, just watch for McBride to go to Tampa Bay is, is the, uh, the actionable advice here. All right, that is going to wrap it up for us here uh, with this pre-draft edition of the Fantasy Flex podcast. Be sure to check out all of our uh, draft content at actionnetwork.com. Uh, be sure to download the free award-winning Action Network app. You can follow Sean at the underscore oddsmaker and me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at the sum handles on Twitter. Uh, if you like the pod, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify. And uh, we will be back. Until then, let's get this money. Money, 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 money,